Welcome back, it's Kiddush Club. We're coming to you on location this time, so excuse the slight difference in audio quality. Well, let's just get clear on location. You are on location. I'm home. <laughs> that is true. I don't know why you had to make that differentiation. I'm just saying, like, I'm not this big baller that goes oh, on oh, oh, oh. on no. big retreats, because that's where you are. You're on a retreat. Well, it's not exactly a retreat. Uh, it, it is a business trip. And, uh, yeah, this is not vacation for me, bro. Change of scenery equals vacation. I'm not going to lie. Especially. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> especially if the weather is better. And, oh, boy, is the weather better. How is the weather in New York? It's really been not bad. Oh, okay. So what are you complaining about? No, I'm just saying, like, like if I was away from home with this same weather, I would still be okay. Like, we're, we're 60s. We're comfortable. Oh, that's great. It's, it's Los Angeles up in here. Oh, that's, that's excellent. So no complaining yeah. from you. Please stop the complaining. I had about, uh, was I think, 78 and sunny here. Clear skies. Beautiful. Oh, you had to one-up me on that. Yes, I did. <laughs> that whole thing was a setup just to one-up you. I couldn't care less where the temperature was, though, because I knew I was better, so I brought it up. <laughs> I have a, a super interesting story uh, about an experience that happened to me here, uh, and if we have time, I'll bring it up and we'll talk about it. Uh, but let's jump straight into uh, the news and as we've been doing, just to let our listeners know, we're going to lead with all of the Israel stories, Israel and Jewish, uh, related to the war. And then we're going to go into the stories that uh, really aren't as, uh, I guess, pertinent to us as Jews uh, the way we usually do. So leading off was, uh, late-breaking news was that there was an attempted assassination on Mahmoud Abbas. I'm sure you saw that. You know, I saw it and I, I didn't see it again. I saw it one time and I, I didn't think anything of it. Like, it didn't make sense to me. Like, where where was he? I feel like he was trying to go to Gaza and then that's where it occurred. He was in a convoy uh, when one of his bodyguards was shot and then they tried to take him out. Uh, the the ones who took, claim, took credit for it were the sons of Abu Jandal. And uh, see wait, there... Wait. Wait, is that a group? Like, do they call this themselves? <laughs> we are the sons of Abu Jandal. Yes. Because like, it's not such a catchy name. Or are, or, or are they and actually maybe, his sons? Right. Like, right, maybe, maybe it's his boys. It's like, he got up, he's like, boys, end him. So, yeah, I, I don't know. But it seems that, you know, Hamas has been asking him to basically declare war on Israel the same way they have. And he's been reluctant to do it, obviously. And so... That was where this uh, assassination attempt came from. He survived it, uh, but we're going to watch it and see where that goes. But, I mean, things are getting just hotter and hotter. When you say watch it, you don't mean a video of it. You just mean watch the situation. Yes. I haven't because, seen any videos. And I say that because I saw a video, which obviously we can't share because it's like somebody gets shot. But I wasn't too impressed with his convoy. Like, it didn't look like something that was super secure. In what way? It was just like a, like a pickup truck. Like, that's all there was. Like, you no, would that, expect... That couldn't have been his convoy. I don't know. This is what I saw. Maybe I didn't see correctly. I was just, that's why I doubted the story when I actually saw it. I was like, that can't be right. That's what happens when you get your news from Instagram, bro. <laughs> Sorry. No, this was WhatsApp. This was a, a okay. WhatsApp oh. source. <laughs> Verified like, WhatsApp source. <laughs> I don't play around. I apologize. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we got to we got to see where this goes. I mean, if I I don't know if we're ever going to get the full truth because I don't think it looks good on Abbas like for him to admit that this was Hamas, you know, trying to take him out. That doesn't look good. Uh, there's no way out for him here, you know, unless what do you mean? he could... first, first of all, like an assassination attempt is like street cred. It's like nobody wants to assassinate you if you're unimportant. It gives you some importance. You have to admit that. It does, but at the same time, it also shows uh, your weakness. And unless, you know, like when Erdogan, which, you know, when, when there was that whole attempted coup that a lot of the West believes he staged, 
you know, that's a little different when you when it comes with a purge of people, which is what Erdogan did in Turkey. After that attempted coup, he just, you know, killed a whole slew of people, all his enemies. So then, yeah, I get it. It probably wasn't a real coup. But here, as far as we know, it didn't, you know, there was no, you know, mass purge in the Palestinian Authority. So unless he somehow could spin this as it being Israel, which I'm waiting for that to happen at any minute, I feel like that's the only way he gets, you know, the real street cred for it. Like if he could swing it and say it was Israel trying to do it, yeah, then he's a hero. But if it's Hamas, that doesn't look so good. Well, you know, you have to wonder what is the relationship between the PA and Hamas? Like that's something that I don't think about a lot and I don't really understand fully. What is that relationship about? Well, Hamas it's not a, has it's not a good Hamas one. has the Gaza Strip and 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 the Palestinian Authority, which as I understand it is far more legitimate than Hamas, which is a designated terror organization. Uh, the 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 Palestinian Authority, they they actually have like some legitimacy. So they do. Uh, so they have international is... standing. Uh, in the Gaza Strip, the the way Hamas took over was in a parliamentary election. Uh, they gained uh, you know a majority of seats, and what followed was Hamas basically forcibly taking over and killing a whole bunch of PA people. Uh, so I I can't imagine they're super close friends. They do. Uh, occasionally form like these unity type government situations when it you know when it's befitting for them but uh, I, I think they hate each other I so mean, the Palestinian... I think each one is a threat to the other's total dominance and power so the PA was in charge of the Gaza Strip before Hamas yes. came along yes really yes and then Hamas basically got the got the votes then they did a, a purge killed a whole bunch of Fatah people and then they became the de facto rulers of Gaza. And that's where we are today. They started shooting rockets um, pretty much, you know, very soon thereafter. And up until now, that's how it's been going. Because rockets don't come from the Palestinian Authority, right? Right, right. The Palestinian Authority is an internationally recognized government, even in the UN. So Hamas is only recognized as a terrorist organization by most. Of course, not by Russia, apparently, not by North Korea, not by China, the axis of evil, the new axis of evil. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I mentioned that, like, you have all of these, you know, all these fake activists and all these uh, social justice warriors who are, like, you know, trying to defend Hamas. If you wake up one morning and you're a social justice warrior and you're on the same side as Putin, Kim Jong-un and Xi Jinping, probably doing something wrong your social justice is probably not the greatest your moral right. compass needs some uh, adjustment out of those three though i think the one that gets like the trophy for being the biggest dictator is you you who am i gonna say do you know um i would say xi jinping i would go with kim jong-un yeah, Kim, yeah, 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 I'd agree with that. Kim Jong-un, yeah, North Korea is much worse. nobody even knows what North Korea looks like. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that crazy? Like, we have no idea. Like, like two reporters in the last 10 years have gone in there and, like, yeah, well, documented the country. Yeah, they don't and, allow you. They don't allow you to do it. Right. And uh, the, you remember that American who, who, who took the poster and uh, they arrested him, put him into forced labor, and when they finally released him, unfortunately, he died. Very sad yeah, story. Yeah, I remember that. That was a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, all he did was take a, a picture, you know, a, a poster. A pro. He took a pro-government poster that was posted up. He wanted a souvenir. And he took it and he packed it and they caught him. And uh, they, they, they put him into um, hard labor, a hard labor camp. He contracted, you know, multiple illnesses there. And obviously they're, you know medical situation is not great and unfortunately when they finally released him uh he he was still alive when he got back to america he died shortly thereafter from you know succumbing to all of his uh you know degradation of his body that 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 he had in north korea very sad but that's why i'm giving kim jong-un yeah the dictator award <laughs> dictator of the world <laughs> award Right, dictator, evil, evil of dictator, the, evil dictator, dictator of, of the decade. I think we should go with because we're not going to really do this on a yearly basis. That's true. 
Okay, so for the next 10 years, he's the he's the number one. And by the way, incidentally, they are finding evidence of North Korean military weapons in Gaza. So he huh. has been supplying the Hamas with weaponry. They've also there's also been rumors. I haven't seen full confirmation of Russian equipment as well. So there's that. Right. So Russia for sure, North Korea for sure, and Iran for sure. Oh, Iran goes without saying. Um, also, you know, noteworthy as far as equipment, uh, another first. So, so there's there's a lot of firsts. So what people don't know, uh, I think we mentioned in the previous podcast, but it's worth repeating, is that. Uh, Israel gets, what is it, $3 billion a year from America. They have to turn around, use that money to buy military equipment. So essentially, it's like the U.S. government giving money to Raytheon and some of the other uh, developers of these weapons. Now, Israel also, in exchange, has to share intelligence with the United States and has to share all of the uh, upgrades that they do and all of the experiences that they have with these uh, this military equipment. A lot of this stuff has never been tested in war, a lot. And so America looks to Israel when they use it to see how it actually performs. Uh, the F-35, as we mentioned, the F-35 shot down a cruise missile. It's the first time an F-35 ever, ever did that. You know, I'm a jet nerd, so you know I love seeing that. Uh, You're also also a plane nerd sometimes. Yes, I am a plane nerd. It's true. Um, but <laughs> Israel now... So uh, the Houthis in Yemen have been firing missiles at Israel, cruise missiles. Now, cruise missiles are like, they're not like the rockets that Hamas shoots. These are like really, really long, you know, surface-to-surface missiles. These are serious, serious things. These are not like the rockets that you see in the videos. Yeah, those um, these, the rockets that you see in the videos go like a couple of miles, barely. Right. Well, they could go, no, they, they, they could go, let's say, 50 miles, 100 miles max, these missiles, cruise missiles, are going hundreds of miles. They're basically yeah, they're de- like they're designed to cruise. Kushmai right. Kainhu. They're, exactly. They're, you exactly. Know, they're out. You have to imagine them like 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 planes almost. They're like they're like planes. They go into the air. They they're guided and they fly and just like a plane, they go really really fast, and they have you know big warheads on them. So Israel now with their arrow system has now shot down a Houthi missile. And it was actually shot down in space. So not only do we have Jewish space lasers, we now have space missiles. <laughs> Very space exciting. Missiles. But I, I read that. But what is the missile doing in space? Like, why did it have to go that high up? Because it, it left the atmosphere for, yes, for a little. That's right. So with the, what a lot of these missiles do is they go, they go up and then they come down. Instead of going on a path, a straight path, uh, I believe it makes it harder to intercept. And probably makes the accuracy more on point. Probably. So, yeah. So, the arrow system was able to take it out. That was, you know, nice news. Uh, also, the United States announced that they are sending a nuclear submarine to the area, an Ohio-class nuclear, nuclear submarine. Uh, these, okay, so just to so you understand what we're talking about here, and I don't mean you, I mean everybody who's listening. These nuclear submarines are the game changers, they're they're the reason why America is a superpower. The nuclear submarines, along with the aircraft carriers, there's only, the aircraft carriers, I believe it's just the United States and Russia, not Russia, Russia doesn't even have, I think they sold it to China. I think it's United States and China. Each aircraft carrier, and we have two now in that area, has over 100 fighter jets on it. Uh, An Ohio-class nuclear submarine carries something over 100 Tomahawk cruise missiles and has nuclear warheads on it. You, this one nuclear submarine could literally take out an entire country. But I think the reason why it's called a nuclear submarine is because it's operated with nuclear energy. So that it, is never also correct. Needs, it never needs to come up. That's like right. It can, it can just uh, wander around in the oceans of the world like until Mashiach comes. Yes, yes. It has almost unlimited energy. The only reason it has to surface is really to get provisions for them to get food and for people to, to come out. Otherwise, it could just stay for years on end. And it has insane amounts of technology that keep it hidden. I mean, these things are basically, <laughs> when the United States says we're sending a nuclear submarine, 
That's basically America saying, okay, if any of you step out of line, we're going to destroy your country. That's, there's no other way to take that. Yeah, it's a, a good, it's a good deterrent for sure. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But and I think also, isn't this like the first time that this ever happened? Like, I don't ever remember, like, we've had a lot of skirmishes with a lot of enemies. I don't ever recall the United States sending actual troops to the area. Like, this is military-grade weaponry and actual servicemen and women that are in the area, and they're there for whatever reason, as a deterrent. Maybe they get involved, maybe they don't, probably not. But I've never seen this before. No, so we, we, we maintain a whole bunch of military bases all throughout the Middle East. Um, that's number one. Number two, we do have a tremendous amount of, of ships in the area at all times. Uh, but we've never, as uh, I don't remember a time of there being two aircraft carriers, a nuclear submarine, and thousands of troops deployed to the area that were sent there specifically for this, aside from the troops that are in the area of the Middle East in general. And as you know, there's been over 36 attacks on U.S. bases since the start of the Gaza War. and But that's America, worldwide. No, in the Middle East. Oh, in the Middle East. But when you say the Middle East, that's a pretty big place. Here, yes. there are troops that have landed in Ben-Gurion. Yes, we saw the videos. Yeah. But as far as we know, they're not participating in the war, but they are helping with hostage rescue, whatever that means. For all we know, they could be helping and we would never know. But right, but I think that's the big, the, I think that's the big factor in it. American hostages is the game changer yes. here. And yes. that's why we're seeing so much uh, military might being brought over to Israel because, and I don't think it's necessarily that reason, but it's a, it's, it's a really good excuse to do it. Yes. Yes. Uh, because at the end of the day, no matter how you feel about anything that's going on, there are Americans that are held hostage. And America can't really stand for that. America, I mean, they traded how many people just to get back the one guy from Iran uh, and Russia, you know, they're constantly, you know, bending over backwards. Here, there's, what, at least two dozen Americans who are hostages in, in Gaza, and America has to try to get them back. So uh, from the, 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 the White House has said that they are not, there are no boots on the ground, but they are assisting in hostage rescue. And um, speaking of uh, politics and politicians, we know that there's been a lot of pushback now coming from some people in the, well, we had already pushback from the extreme left inside the Democratic Party, the Talibs, the Omars, the rest of the squad, the AOCs. Um, unfortunately, there's, uh, there was a letter that was signed by over 60 of the Democrats demanding uh, that uh, Biden really push for a ceasefire. Uh, but here was the thing that caught me completely off guard. And here's a clip I'm going to play for you. And this is none other than Senator Bernie Sanders. I, I want to just clarify one thing, Senator, if I might. Uh, you support a humanitarian pause in Gaza. Uh, some of your fellow progressives say that there should be a full-on ceasefire, which would require an agreement on both sides to halt the fighting. Do you support a ceasefire? And if not, why not? Well, I don't know how you can have a ceasefire, permanent ceasefire, with an organization like Hamas, which is dedicated to turmoil and chaos and destroying the state of Israel. And I think what the Arab countries in the region understand that Hamas has got to go. So what we need right now, the immediate task right now is to end the bombing, to end the horrific humanitarian disaster, to build, go forward with the entire world for a two-tier, two-state uh, solution to the crisis to give the Palestinian people uh, hope. So that was something you don't hear often from Bernie. At all. This was a complete shocker. He's broken from his progressive compatriots to actually say, we got to take out Hamas, no ceasefire. Shocking. Yeah, because this he wasn't always singing this song during this war, right? In the first two weeks, he was like, you know, we have to have a ceasefire. Did he? I'm not so sure he did, though. I think we all assumed it, but I don't think we ever heard him say that. I don't know. I just remember like seeing this, like people beating up on Bernie because he's like never on the right side. Yes, but in this case, 
got to give the man credit. His I, maybe, maybe, just maybe, his Jewish neshama is starting to shine through. There is hope. I mean, look, we have to walk back a lot of things. Like we, we, we pound on Joe Biden, but he's doing a great job right now. We have not we pounded pound- on Joe Biden. Oh. From October 7th and on, we've been the biggest Joe Biden fans that there are. Yes, I'm, I'm just I, saying I daven in the for past. This man, this man, <laughs> I'm davening for this man day and night, okay? Day but and not night. only him, what about John Fetterman, right? Yeah. We have John also Fetterman. given him a hard time on this podcast, <laughs> but, but he's on the right that. side. We cannot be blamed for that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those jokes write themselves, but... Yes. But again, he's on the right side of this thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nice to see. It's nice to see that, you know, especially from the people you least expect it. But then you have the people where you do expect it. Uh, one of those people is Obama and uh, former President Barack Obama. And I got into a uh, an online argument with someone about this interview. Uh, and basically one of the things he says, and I'll read to you the quote. An online argument, you say? Like, what platform? I'm just so curious. WhatsApp. <laughs> so you were being a keyboard warrior. Keyboard warrior. And it, it's very obvious. If you if you look up the news and you Google it, and you Google this, you know, you Google this uh, interview that he did, it's, it's every single news source, without fail, understood Obama as criticizing Biden's approach and criticizing Israel. So this gentleman I was debating was basically saying, you're reading into it your own biases. It's not what Obama said. It's not what he meant. And there was nothing wrong with what he said. Here's the quote. You be the judge. Quote, if you want to solve the problem, then you have to take in the whole truth. And you then have to admit nobody's hands are clean, that all of us are complicit to some degree. Now, he also says that, uh, you know, he wish he did more when he was president, etc. Now, very, very simply, here's my point. Obama says, to solve the problem, you have to take in the whole truth. To solve what problem? The Palestinian issue? Okay. Nobody's hands are clean. And so how does that affect what Hamas did? The whole truth is that what? That Israel is occupied. Well, he did say that the occupation is terrible for the Palestinians. He went on to say that. He did say Hamas is, you know, what they did was horrific, etc. He did condemn them. Full-throated condemnation. But here he says, another quote, he says the Israeli occupation and what's happening to Palestinians is unbearable. So when you say nobody's hands are clean in relation to this war, there's a very clear implication. The implication is, is that since your hands are dirty, right, because they're not clean, you kind of expect something like this to happen with Hamas. Now, Biden, as well as the Biden White House, as we just mentioned, along with even Bernie Sanders, have said, no, these guys are a terrorist organization. There's only one thing you can do with a terrorist organization, and that's destroy them. There's nothing else you could do. Hamas wants an Islamic state. They are no different than ISIS. They don't care about land. They don't care. I mean, they do. They want to make sure that the entire land is an Islamic state like Iran. There's no two-state solution here, folks. If you take a non-Jewish approach and you look at a secular head that's looking at the region and looking at the area, I don't think that what he said necessarily is anti-Israel. I think that he's looking at the decades-long struggle. I think he's saying in those decades and in the, the course of this conflict between Palestinians and, and Jews, then it's conceivable that nobody's hands are clean, meaning both sides have some wrongdoing to deal with. Again, he's looking at it with a secular head. He's not in it like we are, I would say. The only problem I do take with his uh, with his speech is once you say the occupation word, then you're out. O- occupation means that they don't belong there. Occupation means you're 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 occupying, right? To me, that's the clincher that says, hey. That's not like, I don't really like your approach. That's the simon. But there's a, a more subtle point here that I'm making, which is if you're going to talk about, if, you're, if this was any other incident, right? Or if this was even them blowing up, uh, taking over a military outpost, or it was anything else that happened and he said something like this, nobody's hands are clean, 
I'd be like, yep, no problem. But when you have a, a terrorist organization that very clearly has nothing to do with a two-state solution, for example, nothing to do with, you know, giving Palestinians quote-unquote freedom, and it had everything to do with murdering and torturing Jews, there's nothing to do with hands are clean. Would you ever say anything like that about ISIS? Would he say that about ISIS? Would he say that about Al-Qaeda? Would he say, well, you know, uh, you know, it's, it, our hands are not clean, and that's why Al-Qaeda, you know, uh, did 9-11? No, because if he said that, we would, you know, we would completely throw him out. And yet he felt no problem saying it here with the implications that it made. And it's that same double standard that tries to say that, you know, at the end of the day, we are all responsible for what happened. No, we're not. These are, this is evil. That's all. Full stop. Evil, this is evil. Evil needs to be destroyed. And that's all. And the fact that we're getting it from Bernie Sanders and we're getting not, not that from Obama. I'm just, I'm just going to say that I just think he was approaching it with a, a more of a bird's eye view and not necessarily speaking of this situation. But again, far be it from me to run to his defense. Yeah, Carry don't on. run to his defense. <laughs> so there's, of course, been a stream of uh, anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism is up, as we know, worldwide. It's reached, you know, proportions never seen before, never recorded before, probably since the Holocaust. Terrible, horrible things going on. We don't have to get into all of them. Um, there was one uh, super interesting story, uh, without getting into all the horrible ones, uh, there was a woman that was arrested. Uh, I mean, judging from her name, I think she's Middle Eastern. Uh, so this woman was arrested in Indianapolis because she drove her car into a school because she wanted to kill Jews and Jewish children. Um, so that in and of itself is newsworthy. But what's even more newsworthy is the fact that the school she assumed was a Jewish school because it said Hebrew Israelite on it. <laughs> 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 I mean, we shouldn't laugh at it, but <laughs> but it's funny, funny that you that you you know conflate the two. <laughs> so she wanted to kill Jews. She ended up taking out her allies, right? Because Hebrew Israelites not exactly fan of the Jews. So there was that. So that was that was a nice little uh, little touch. So yeah, and you know i i saw an interesting uh i saw an interesting video put out by a guy who who pointed something out and i thought it was it was very it was a great point he said if you look at all of these protests these uh you know stand up for palestine protests you'll notice that you'll never see an american flag in any one of these protests but if you look at the pro-israel protests all you see are israeli and american flags so that should be just a wake-up call to the rest of the country these people, they are self-hating in that they hate America as much as they hate Israel. And this is not a, just an Israeli thing. Hamas hates America as much as they hate Israel. And some of these people do as well. I think that's no secret, but I also think it's known that Israel is America's ally, right? Yes. Palestine or the Palestinians or Hamas, none of them have any allegiance to America per se. True, but you would expect, you know, some of them to, to be saying, you know, America support, you know, Palestinians, you know, uh, you know. Right. Or you, ne you never hear, you, you never hear any of them say I'm a proud Palestinian American. Right. <laughs> you never hear <laughs> right. those words. Never, never hear that. I also want to take a moment to call out someone we've called out in the past, but she's really I, I cannot stand her. And that is none other than Candace Owens. In fact, we were going to be tweeting at Ben Shapiro to say, Ben, it's time to get rid of her from Daily Wire. So she just, aside from the fact that she's just dumb, she consistently says dumb things. And I believe in my heart that she is an anti-Semite. Um, the way she defended Kanye, I was looking at her Twitter timeline very few condemnations of Hamas, and yet when Israel supposedly accidentally uh, uh, an errant bomb uh, did some damage to a church in Gaza, she had you know a complete attack on oh what's Israel doing? We need to ask these questions. She also consistently says that uh, 
why is it that you know Jews are contributing to anti-Semitism? Because anyone who questions anything is labeled an anti-Semite. No, Candace, we're labeling you an anti-Semite because you're an anti-Semite <laughs> and you're an ignorant anti-Semite. Uh, listen to this clip. My grandfather grew up in a segregated South. And so when I'm walking mm -hmm. through Jerusalem and you see, and they say, these are the Muslim quarters. This is where the Muslims are right. allowed to live. That doesn't mm -hmm. feel like a bastion of freedom to me. Um, so I, I guess. Oh, I, I don't think it's where they're allowed to live in Jerusalem. I think it's that there are, there's an Armenian quarter. It's not saying the Armenians can only live here. It's that there are communities just like there's a, a Jewish community in, in Jersey here. And there's a Muslim community in here. I don't think, you know. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. So that's a great clip with uh, Ami Kozak, and he's he's been like he's he's a comedian, but he's yes. very vocal on this matter. It's something that seems to be very near and dear, as it is to all of us, right? As it is to all of us. But no, but he's passionate, you know, and he's taking a stand, and and I, I think that her ignorance just shines in in that clip. Right, because yeah. because the Muslim quarter is obviously not a ghetto, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, does she not have Google? Like before you do an interview, if you're going to be talking about something, just Google it and read about it. Like, or just type in Jerusalem and just read about it. Like, come on, yeah. So calling out Candace Owens, she needs to be uh, deplatformed. Not deplatformed. She could go onto another platform, but don't go on Daily Wire. Something that, you know, Ben Shapiro is a, a, one of the major shareholders of that uh, organization. She should not be there. Uh, she's uh, a cancer, in my opinion. She's horrible. Also, just the last point that we're going to make before we move on to the regular news is that Tuesday, November 14th, there's going to be a march in Washington, D.C. at the National Mall. So it's going to be Tuesday, November 14th from 1 to 3. Uh, the gates open at 10 a.m., uh, I'm going to try to be there. I'll try to report from there. Uh, but I encourage everyone to be there because the same way we're seeing these hundreds of thousands of people marching in support of Hamas, we should let our voice be known. Let the politicians see it. And the Aguda is actually pushing everybody to go. So if you're in the tri-state... You really have no excuse. No, but it's not only the tri-state. If you live in Virginia, if you live in, obviously, in Washington, D.C., but if you're in the area and you can get there and it's a drive, it's take the time out, do it if you can, because it's, it's, it's meaningful. And I hope you're going to take me, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you're in, I'm in. We could, right, we could we'll do go. some interviews on the ground when we're there. All right. I'm down. We'll go together. Okay. Sounds good. We hope to see some of you guys there. Okay. Now let's move on to the news. The regular news. So a lot of election talk. Uh, it's election day. We record on election day. We are recording on election day. Uh, but the biggest news that came out was a New York Times article that says that Trump is leading Biden in five of the six swing states, according to a recent poll. And Democrats are starting to get really, really nervous. Now, according to the polling data, they have found that even though he leads in five of the six swing states, if he were to be convicted, that would cause a roughly six-point swing. So all of any lead that Trump has, if he gets any convict convictions, he loses all of them, and Biden would be, would be the next president. I do wonder about the Jewish vote after October 7th. Me too. Right. Not yeah. that it is not that it's going to sway anything, to be perfectly honest. I don't think that we're enough people to even make a, a dent. No, but we do in, in some of the swing states like Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, the Jews of Pennsylvania can definitely make a dent. But but the flip side of that is Biden has been so pro-Israel that it's really hard to make a case that they should vote for Trump. Well, the case is that Biden, as we, we've said before, he enabled a lot of what has happened by, by, you know, funding the things that Trump had defunded, like the Palestinians themselves, the UNRWA, Iran. But other than that, Biden, as far as supporting Israel, he's been phenomenally good. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what Pennsylvania debates are going to look like. I mean, yes. who's a bigger supporter of Israel, basically? Yeah, for sure. But it, it's, it's, there's almost a very strong argument to be said that with Biden's support right now for Israel— Electing Trump, he's a wild card. He, he's always a wild card. You never know which way Trump's going to go. 
So whereas he was insanely pro-Israel, probably the most pro-Israel president in American history, you never know how, it's, how long that's going to last. Right. I mean, the minute he thinks that the Jews are not behind him, maybe he just abandons that cause. That's right. But so, I don't think that's true because a lot of Christian people are very pro-Israel. And yes, he needs the evangelical that crowd. base. Yes, yeah. that's true. That is true. But you know what? One thing we know from Trump is he doesn't care. If you, <laughs> if you upset right. him, especially if you personally upset him, he'll turn on you. Yeah, and he, he has a long memory too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, we saw when the, when the, right after October 7th when he said what he said, which was, you know, Netanyahu wasn't nice to me. And Hamas, very smart people, you know. Yeah, I mean, we're laughing, but it's 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 scary that he said such a thing. Yeah, and you're right. You just don't know. You just don't know which way he's going to go, and it's scary. And uh, you know, it's funny because you know a lot of the the media is talking about that, but when they talk about the elections, one of the big things they're talking about, I'm sure you saw this, is DeSantis and his shoes. No, I didn't see any of that. So there's this whole controversy. I'm just saying I'm so wrapped up with the Israel news that it's so hard for anything else to get through. That's the honest truth. Well, that's why you have me. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So That's why I keep you around. (laughs) Thank you. So, I mean, every news uh, source is talking about DeSantis. They're claiming that DeSantis wears uh, these specially made cowboy boots that basically are like high heels and they give him you know a a bunch of you know uh inches and they add a bunch of inches to his height so you know donald trump is six foot three desantis says that he's 511 he says he's 511 now he was he was being interviewed and you know even politico like like every website like politico did a whole article where they said they got you know uh expert shoemakers to analyze his shoes and they all agree that he's done something to the shoes to give him the extra height. And, you know, he was on a, he was being interviewed, I think it was for a podcast, and they actually had tennis shoes and they told him, you know, we'd like you to put these on and we want to measure you. And he refused. He refused <laughs> to put them on. He said, no, I'm a politician and I, you know, I can't because that would be a, a campaign contribution. So I can't do it. So it's like, okay, dude, so take off your shoes and just go barefoot. But let's right. measure you. He wouldn't do it. Really, I can't believe it's such a sensitive issue. Right? Like it's really, it's it, it it really is a thing. Like you walk through Congress, the average height is six foot two. I mean, you I don't know some if that's taller, true. No, that's my own fact that I <laughs> okay that you made created. up just now. <laughs> yeah, correct. But I'm just saying, people in power are tall, and it's yes. because they they have this they give off this feeling of. Uh, confidence, maybe superiority, like they have a, an air about them. And, you know, I guess if if that's lacking, you know. Well, the Gemara talks about it also. And we know that the Mashiach is going to be tall. The tall comes with the, you know, you know, major leadership positions. Tall plays a major role. If he yeah. were to be elected, even at 5'11", he would come in as some, as among the, the shortest presidents. And I think they said that Trump was was debating calling him, I think it was Tiny Ron. I think that's what he was going to call him. <laughs> Tiny Ron. <laughs> no, I like how you said that he's debating as though he gives us more than a moment's thought. Like, I feel like he makes up these nicknames just out of thin air. Yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> but Tiny Ron's a good one. <laughs> he's it's probably a probably a good way to go so in actuality you know the the internet sleuths think he's actually five seven so at five seven that's what they think no shoe is giving you four inches no shoe why not four inches if you go on your tippy toes how much are you it's four inches but it's not first of all it's not tippy toes here it's just a heel no they think no 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 they think inside that boot he's on his tippy toes like a high-heeled shoe that a woman would wear no, he can have lifts inside the shoes. No, that's like not an what insult. they're saying. And we're going to include a picture of this in the WhatsApp group. They believe that he's actually on his toes the same way a woman would be in high heels. That's the claim. 
I mean, I wish this was more important to debate, but it's just not. <laughs> it's just it's not. It's ridiculous. Okay, so moving on. Uh, in other news, WeWork has declared bankruptcy. Isn't that crazy? And that, that is I saw. an Israeli Israeli founder. Uh, they were on top of the world, but they finally they've declared bankruptcy. I think it's the second time, right? I don't know if it's the second time, but I do remember uh, that they were they had a crazy valuation, crazy. Forty-one, think, 41 billion. How do you just like how how do you go from forty-one billion to bankrupt? I just don't understand. Like it's just someone's not paying attention. It seems like. No, well, I think I think you know. First of all, the whole COVID and people not going to work. That had to be the nail in the coffin for WeWork, but yeah. also WeWork was was signing and leasing space for top dollar, and then reselling it. And you know these the space that they were leasing was already expensive, and then they have to resell it to multiple people to try to recoup it. The entire business model just was not working. No, it's not so bad because if you're taking a short term lease, you're gonna pay more. Right. So it's not like it's a, 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 an insane business plan. It's a decent business plan. But once market prices do fall a certain amount, then you just can't even justify it. Right. Because you could just sign your own lease. Exactly. You get a full space. Okay. Also, in, in other news in D.C., uh, a D.C. firefighter who was responding to a call got in trouble because while he was on his way to answer this call, he stopped at Chick-fil-A to have a quick bite. Wait, while there was a fire happening? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a gross negligence. Yeah, yeah. And his defense was he stopped. I can't fight a fire. I can't <laughs> fight a fire if I'm hungry. <laughs> his, his, he actually said it was, quote, literally a few minutes tops. <laughs> <laughs> and and speaking of Chick-fil-A, there was another story with Chick-fil-A. It seems like Chick-fil-A is in the news a lot. I think it's because people love Chick-fil-A. Unfortunately, it's not kosher. We can't check. But it seems like Chick-fil-A is like the bomb. It's interesting because now that you're mentioning it, I did see a video this week that that teaches you how to make the, the Chick-fil-A chicken. They give you the secret recipe. Well, in fact, I've watched many of those videos and I've actually tested them. One of the things I did was I recreated Chick-fil-A's secret sauce. And uh, I got to tell you, I've served it to many people. I mean, I added my own twist to it. I gave it a little heat. You know, I, I tweaked it to my taste. But it was a huge hit. Really? Yeah. Because now I'm just thinking back to that video. And the one of the secret ingredients is, is actually pickle juice. Pickle juice, yeah. Common. Yes. And pickle juice appears in a lot of recipes. It's actually pretty common. It's not something that I would guess. I mean, you know, in the back of my mind, it's something that I'm going to try. I'm like one of these Sundays, I'm going to sit home and, and make, make Chick-fil-A. But it, it usually, it never happens. Probably <laughs> won't ever happen. Right. You save the video. Oh, I'm going to do this. And you never <laughs> <Right>. will do it. <laughs> right. So also with Chick-fil-A, uh, a guy ordered Chick-fil-A from Grubhub. Uh, he, got his, he got his order. One of the things he got was a milkshake. He put in the straw. He started drinking. The cup was filled with urine. No. Yes. Please uh, no. There's actually a video. <laughs> no need to play it, but there's a video of him uh, confronting the driver. And the driver did not deny it. He said, look, I work long hours and I don't take bathroom <laughs> breaks. <laughs> uh, I have to use a cup. So, so why serve it to me, though? He, he claims it was a mistake. And to what do you mean? I didn't mean to give it to you? Oh, I didn't mean to give you my bathroom cup. That's what he claims. I, just, I drank your milkshake and then refilled it with body <laughs> fluid and now served it to you with your Grubhub order. Yes. Thank you for your business. Yes. Uh, and uh, to add insult to injury, supposedly when he complained about it to uh, Grubhub, so first of all, Grubhub did fire him, but the, the, the total order was $25, and they only refunded him 18 which was the actual cost of the food, and they didn't refund the delivery fee or the tip. Right. That's the worst part. 
Yeah, that's right? ridiculous. Right. It's the actual delivery that started all this. Yes, it wasn't Chick-fil-A's fault. It was it was Grubhub. So let this be a warning to all of us. All of us Uber Eats, you know, users, you 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 don't know. Well, the truth of the matter is with, with kosher food, you do know because it's double wrapped. It's always double wrapped and sealed. Right, so. and then they tape it. And if the tape has yes. been tampered, right. by the way, there has been more than one occasion where my Uber Eats meal just doesn't show up. And then I call the restaurant and I'm like, where's my shawarma? And the guy's like, you know, he probably ate it. What? I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, he probably, he goes, this has happened. He goes, the driver's doing the last delivery of the day. It smells phenomenal. <laughs> they just, they dig into the shawarma. It's like he's driving. He's like, oh, the shawarma. <laughs> oh, why, why is the shawarma again? <laughs> he's, I don't he think he's an Israeli it. driver. <laughs> he might be. I don't think he was Israeli, but he could have been Hispanic, you know. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, something new, something different. Ay ay ay, que rico. <laughs> I don't smell anything like this ever. I have to try. Sorry, Moishi. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I did get well, a refund. I did get a refund. Of course, as you should. And 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 speaking about uh, Spanish, that brings me to a story in Colombia. This is a follow-up because we've covered this before, but Colombia now officially has said that they have gone to war with the hippos, with the hippopotamuses, hippopotami, hippopotami, hippopotamuses. Uh, Pablo Escobar, drug uh, uh, Kingpin. cartel, kingpin, uh, had brought in illegally four hippos, and when he was killed in a shootout with police, uh, they couldn't. They couldn't relocate the hippos. It was just too difficult, so they left them there. Those four hippos are now have now turned into 160 hippos, and these hippos have no natural predators, so they are a menace. And so they have declared that they're going to war against the hippos. We are going to war, and we are going to win. <laughs> I wonder if they're having like a campaign thing. You can you know, imagine there's a campaign. <laughs> Do you want to get rid of the hippos? Vote. <laughs> and now we're going to see protests like free the hippos. I stand with the hippos. Is that what's going on in Colombia right now? It's very possible. There's always going to be a liberal population that says, but they didn't do anything. Exactly. But why do they deserve to die? <laughs> and we've talked about this before, but just to reiterate, hippos are insanely dangerous. I looked up after reading this article. If I asked you, what do you think are the most dangerous animals in Africa? What do you think the number one would be? I would think it's a lion. I would think it's an elephant because those, they can get angry and they are, you know, uh, alpha predators. Incorrect and incorrect. The number one deadliest animal is the mosquito. And it's responsible oh. for an estimated one million deaths per year. Hmm. Makes sense. I mean, right? I, was, I thought you were going to say hippopotamus, obviously. Well, number two is hippopotamus. So, right. Of, of non-insects, hippopotamus is number two. There are an estimated 3,000 people killed by hippopotamuses every year in Africa. Is that crazy? You know, you know what the smart thing to do is just release the mosquitoes on the hippopotamuses. <laughs> but how do, you, how do you make sure they only attack the hippopotamuses? I, you, like you put this big net. And you trap the hippos <laughs> with the mosquitoes, problem I think, solved. I don't think it works that way, but... No, and, I'm just telling you, only a Yiddish cup could think of this. I don't think so, because you can't really control mosquitoes. What they can do, we know that they've been releasing genetically engineered mosquitoes in Florida that uh, mate with the, with the regular mosquitoes and cause them to become sterile to try to control it. But, I mean, mosquitoes carry so many different diseases, yellow fever, Zika, West Nile dengue fever, malaria, and it's just they're, they're super, you know, super dangerous. Hippopotamus, hippopotamuses are responsible for 3,000 deaths, followed by what you said before, which is the African elephant, which is only responsible for 500. Six times more are killed by hippopotamuses than elephants. And then following the elephant is not a lion, it's the crocodile. In fact, it's the Nile crocodile. Has a nice ring to it. <laughs> and then, after the Nile crocodile, is the lion responsible for 200 deaths per year. So I Five. wasn't off the wall. I wasn't crazy. I mean, I, I hit top five. 
what number was that? Five. Lion is number five. Elephant number four. Correct. Crocodile tied. number three. <laughs> but just so you know, it's tied with the Cape Buffalo. <laughs> the buffalo and the lion are responsible for an equal number of deaths per year. But the, a buffalo is a huge, it's a huge animal. Yes. It's, it's huge. not like you. Yes, it's huge and it's powerful. And at the bottom of the list is none other than, can you guess, with, with an average death count of two per year is the? I want to say something like either a monkey or an ape. <laughs> How does a monkey kill you? You, oh, they can get aggressive. No, a gorilla, Come on. a gorilla, but a little monkey? Okay, yeah, maybe. Now, the, the the bottom of the list, two deaths per year, is the great white shark. Two deaths only? That's, that's, that's it. That's, that's pretty good numbers. It's pretty good. Great white shark is looking really good. Yeah, but also, I don't think that they're hanging out too much at the beach in Africa. You know what I'm saying? They don't have the same culture surfing, as America. Right? They're, right? Not they're not surfing. There's very, very little water sports on the African continent. No, yes, that's that's true. Uh, the Great White, a lot of these attacks, we see them coming out of like the Australian area. Australia, is, I think just last week or two weeks ago, there was a surfer who uh, was killed by a Great White Shark in Australia. It doesn't surprise me. Like, it's just, like I said, I think I said this like last episode, we have no idea what goes on down under. Yeah. And no I like clue. to keep it that way. I don't want to know. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> it happened on November 2nd. A surfer was killed. A 55-year-old surfer was killed by a 13-foot great white in South Australia. Seems but like also, also, what are you doing surfing at 55? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, in an area where there is known to be great whites. Right, no, like, no, even if there were no great whites. Like, I think at 55 you hang up the surfboard. I'm with you. I'm with you. But meanwhile, speaking of Australia, I saw this crazy article about New Zealand, so right, which is right to the north of Australia. So there's a New, New Zealand city that has been, I'll read you the headline, it's been plagued by drivers who are blasting Celine Dion songs at 2 a.m. for almost a year. I mean, what? That's, it's, <laughs> it's a little bizarre. You gotta, can you give it to me again? So the it, it the city is plagued? by drivers that are blasting Celine Dion but on a certain yes. road or just the whole city has this problem? So there's this thing called siren battles, okay? And I guess this is something that has gone viral and they compete with each other by blasting music from their cars. And one of, for some reason, Celine Dion songs, which apparently are very high in the treble uh, zone, work really well as far as being noisy. And people that are living in these towns have been dealing with this blasting music every night. But why are they doing it? This and is why the, Celine Dion songs? In America, we have guns. Over there, they have Celine Dion. Okay, listen. I mean, I, I, who am I to judge? And moving to Greece. This was horrible, but we, it's funny because we saw a story like this that took place some years ago, but it happened again. And this is a very sad story. A mother and daughter who were, uh, you know, working as uh, cleaners, they were working, they were cleaning a butcher shop when the mother, her hair got caught in a meat grinder, a very large meat grinder. Yes. Oh, yes. Right. You're covering your face. Yes. Yes. She was meat grinded. No, it took her. It took her. Ay. Yes. That's, I mean, it's a horrible, horrible death. But it's quick. Is it? I am, well, uh, yeah, I guess if it got her head first, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Cause if it she started, did, before she knew it, she's at the pearly whites. You know right. what I'm saying? She's right. like, where am I? Like, why am I even here? And she's like, yeah, you're <laughs> whatever. They review the whole story with her upstairs. But I'm just saying, it's, like I said, horrible, tragic, but horrible. so quick. So quick. It's just insane that that these types of things still happen in today's day and age. I just... I find it just so crazy. I mean, it, it's it's an accident. It's it's a tragic accident. Yes, horrible. Accidents are always going to happen. I mean, it's just part of part of the world. I would think there's some type of safety mechanism on a meat grinder, where actually not <laughs> apparently where an not. actual full human <laughs> being cannot be swallowed into it. You know, it seems like but they I, can. 
but like I always see the wood chippers. You ever see the wood yes. chippers? Yes. Like Scary. there's yeah, like every time I see them, I'm like, you could just dive right into that and it's all over. I mean, only you think of that. I'm just going to say that. I don't think I think I'm the only one who thinks you could just dive right in. Nobody's thinking that. <laughs> you know, it's like did you ever uh stand like at a really tall place like when you go to like a, an observatory deck where you're very very high right and it's like all you have to do is just like climb over and jump so i could lie and say that i never thought of that but in but fact, you did you I did because yes. I'm, I'm a weirdo just like you. that's not that's why all it's, that means it's it's i feel like it's a normal thought to have and and i, I think i heard something about this in a torah context in in a sense where when you hear that voice that's telling you, you know, you could jump, you know, you could just go. <laughs> that's that's your Yetzirah. Uh. The Yetzirah wants you uh, to not to live, not to have a good life. It wants to make you miserable in every sense of the word. It's not just like in a ruchnius aspect or a spiritual way, just trying to get you to do, you know, averas. It's it's it. The Yisachar wants your complete and total downfall and depression. That's what it wants for you. And that would be the ultimate downfall. Right. That's his. That would be an ultimate win for him. Yeah. Thank you. So it's a rub in, in residence. Yeah, just momentary. I'm a momentary rub in residence. <laughs> momentary rub. Right. Okay. Our last story that we're going to bring you is. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not a good story, but in a certain sense. There is an element of poetic justice to it. Uh, so in India, they have the Aadhaar Biometric Digital Identity Program. Of course. <laughs> so, so this, that, you know, uh, a huge majority of the Indian population are registered for it. So it seems a hacker has hacked that system and has obtained the sensitive information of 815 million Indian citizens. I don't understand what it is, though. It's going to be uh, their identity. I mean, you talk about identity theft. This has all of their sensitive personal data of 815 million people. Is it a biometric like password? Is it like what's it for? Yeah, it's a biometric. It's a it's an identity program, which I guess they use to identify citizens. But they hacked it, and now they have all of this personal information. And, and just to put it into perspective, I mean, America has, what, 400 million people? The number of people that were hacked is 815 million Indian citizens. Wow. And, I, and in a sense, it's poetic justice just because we know that a tremendous number of the ha hackers today come from India, among other places. So well, I guess it's just a matter of time. No, they're right. They're doing it to their own people. And a biometric hack is is a little scary because it's like somebody stealing your face to open yeah. your iPhone. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, we don't know exactly what they got or, or how it could be used, but it is pretty scary. And that means they also have their fingerprint data. Very possibly, yeah. Only one solution, right? We cut off the finger. <laughs> we can cut the fingertips off. It's a little extreme, but yeah. Yeah, but we beat the hacker this way. That way we beat him. But but seriously, is there such a thing of like fingerprint surgery? Could they do such things? Like, could you imagine if there's a criminal who's got this long database, he wants to change his life, but everywhere he goes, he's haunted by these fingerprints and he just wants a new start. Can they do such a thing? Well, here's a little tidbit for you that you didn't know about me. Ready for this one? I happen to have, I don't know if you could do surgery, but my fingerprints are so faint that I should be a world-renowned criminal. Like, I'm in the wrong business. What do you my, mean they're faint? What does that mean? That means that anytime I've ever had to use my fingerprints for anything, they don't show up well. So, like, I signed up for clear, you know, like for the airport, and they mm -hmm. tried to take my fingerprints. They couldn't take them. They had to use my eyes. And it's not the first time that has happened. Any digital fingerprint reader, my phone cannot read my fingerprints. I have to like push really hard, try 10 times. I have really, if you look at, if you look at my finger, fingertips, you'll see that it's 
when you hold my fingers next to any normal fingerprints, you'll mm-hmm. see that the grooves are just really, really shallow. Really? So you yeah. could have robbed a bank, technically. Yeah. Or that can be in your future at some point. Yes, yes. Well, now that I've admitted it, maybe not, but yeah. <laughs> I have really deep grooves, so it's not really in the cards for me. Right. You know I'm what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you see somebody with really deep grooves on their fingertips, that's probably me. <laughs> you could trust anyone. For anyone who's criminal. Anyone? That's for anyone who's really wondering. Yes. Anyway, that's all the time we have for this episode. Uh, stay with us because we are going to be bringing you the news from Israel. Hopefully, it's going to be good news. Keep davening. Keep supporting. The links are in the show notes and in our WhatsApp group. Yeah, make sure to join the WhatsApp group. Uh, we're going to drop the videos from each episode in that group. Uh, also, you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Figure it out. It's some iteration of Kiddish Club Podcast. <laughs> it's a little passive-aggressive. Uh, you know what? If they're looking for us, they will find us. True. Quite true. And well, you know you what else? You at least say the website. You could mention the website. Again, figure that one out too. <laughs> Kiddishclubpodcast.com. I mean, oh, give me okay. a break. You broke. You broke. Okay. The good. only thing that I'll give you is if you want to buy us a coffee, which you should, uh, you can hit us up at buyusacoffee.com slash Kiddish Club Podcast. No, you don't even need the word podcast in there. It's just slash Kiddish Club. There you go. You heard it here first. And until then, we are out. This episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.